of the most delicious life podcast thank you so much for tuning in for joining us i hope that you all are having the most amazing week i can feel it in my bones that it's going to be an amazing week but i also just want to remind you straight off the bat that it takes your conscious effort and decision making to make your week good we can never ever ever just go it's up to the universe it's either a good week or a bad week no 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 my darling It's up to you to make the decisions to have a good week, to interpret the things that happen to you as something that is always happening for you instead of it happening to you, right? That's the vibe. That's the vibe. But I was just scrolling through my training app and seeing what my clients had been doing before jumping on here. Honestly, everybody is just killing it. I could not be prouder of my girls right now. Like I just, everyone is giving constantly 110% and it is just so incredible to see. And I hope that wherever you are, whatever you are doing, you are also giving it the 110% that it deserves and that you deserve. That's the other thing. You deserve a high calibre of effort in your life. But Okay, getting into this episode, as you can tell from the title, we are doing a Q&A, baby, and I'm so excited. I freaking love a Q&A. Um, I thought, I have all these unanswered questions in my um, NGL folder, which is that app, not gonna lie, um, and I just thought, why not go through that and answer some of the bloody questions that I've just not answered yet? I also want to give you guys a little wrap up on my bridge to Brisbane that I did two weekends ago because last week I posted a pre-recorded episode. So we never actually got to talk about bridge to Brizzy. Um, Oh my God. I'm just, it was the most amazing morning guys. I am officially hooked on races and I have now created a note on my phone in like the apps, the note app um, of all of the races that are literally happening on the East Coast. over over the next year. Um, not because I want to do every single one of them. I, I do realize that you need time between each race and and all of that. But also just because I want to know when they all are. I'm so into this. I'm so into running. I surprise myself every single day with the passion and the energy that has come out of running. And honestly, doing Bridge to Brisbane was just so, so, so cool. And me, it was me, my best friend, Sophie, and then my boyfriend, Pete, we all did it together, um, which also just made it so, so special. And we didn't do it in a competitive way. Like we weren't racing. Um, I think I got my second best PB in a 10K. I think Sophie got her second best as well. And then that was Pete's first 10K. So free and props to him. Um, Guys, it was just, it was so amazing. We ran together the entire time, but I will tell you, I did start to struggle around (laughs) kilometer five in all honesty. It was so hot 
this morning that we did the bridge to Brisbane and it started at 6.30, which I think on a quote unquote regular October morning would be fine. But this was like a 32 degree day. So as soon as the sun was up, it was boiling. So I think like around that, like we literally hit kilometer two and we were like, okay, it's, it's very, very hot. Um, but we, we made it to the end and yeah, it was, it was amazing. We got our medals. We got a piece of fruit. We grabbed some water. We headed back, um, to our hotel so we could all shower and then like went out for breakfast and it was just so much fun. And I think it was really, really surreal being able to do it with my best friend and with Pete. Um, and he enjoyed it so much and she enjoyed it so much. And it was just, yeah, the vibes were really, really high. Like for example, Sophie started her running journey on my day 50 of 100 days of running. I rocked up to her house and I was like, I don't want to run today you're running with me. And we ran two kilometers. And since then she's been running the entire time. And I'm just so proud of her. And I'm so proud that it's something that we can do together. Not that we run together very often at all, but we can talk about it and we can relate to one another. And there's so much encouragement and support and excitement for what we're going to be tackling next when it comes to, when it comes to running. So Actually, I will tell, I wasn't going to say, but I will tell you guys what my next plan is. So currently I've just started week four of my 10 kilometer training program, which I'm doing with the app runner. Um, I'm doing that because I just wanted to improve my 10 kilometer run. I wanted to get a little bit faster. I just wanted to try out doing things like tempo runs and intervals and stuff like that, which I had never done in my hundred days. Um, so in week four of that, Pete and I, are, and potentially Sophie as well, but Pete and I are actually planning, also don't hold me to this if it doesn't happen, but <laughs> we're planning on doing a very, 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 very mini triathlon. And I can't even say that with a straight face because I just think it's so fucking hilarious that this is where my life has gone is that I am wanting to do and excited about doing a triathlon. So it would be in February next year and it's the Bribey Triathlon Series, a part of the Bribey Triathlon Series. And it would be um, a 300 meter swim, a 10 kilometer bike ride and a three kilometer run. So compared to like a long triathlon, it is quite small, but it's a great entry into doing those things, into trying um, a triathlon and just like, yeah, again, being able to be a part of something, being able to be a part of a new community um, and, and experience something completely different to we've ever experienced before. So that will be really, really cool. Um, I just am so obsessed with what running has done for me in terms of my healing journey, in terms of how differently I look at my body and I look at my fitness and what I want in the long term. Really like, of course, I still have bad body image days. Of course, I still have those thoughts where I want to change things. I want to look different. But I think the more I settle into training for performance and, you know, it's not about being better every single run, but just like that long-term progress, the long, the more I settle into that and find comfortability in that, the less I focus on my body, 
But also, in the same breath, the more my body has changed to, to like for to the way that I really love it like I am really comfortable and really happy in my in my body at the moment and that doesn't mean that tomorrow might not be a bad body image day like of course ups and downs highs and lows but as an overall I'm so comfortable in my body it's actually it blows my mind and Oh my God, I'm so sorry. I need to get into this Q&A, but it's just like, you guys like chatting with my besties and I just have so many things to share right now. Um, I actually purchased a dress, um, (laughs) which does not sound like a big deal for probably a lot of people, but I've never been a dress girl. I've always felt very uncomfortable in them a little bit. mm, this doesn't quite feel like me. And it's not the point that I'm trying to force myself to be a dress girl, but I see them all the time and I think they're so beautiful. And then I put them on and I'm like, Oh, now I've destroyed my, um, body image for the day. Um, but me and, um, our, our friends and Pete and stuff, we went to late night shopping on Thursday. And one of my friends actually picked up this like long, I'm going to say tight, although it's not like one of those dresses that are like skin tight, but it is a tight dress and it's a mid-length dress. And she picked it up and she's like, oh my God, this is so you. And it's like this light pastel green color. Um, the top cut is very, very similar to all the, like the little cami singlets that I wear. Um, and I was like, well, look, I'll try it on for you. We literally had a conversation like 15 minutes earlier about how I don't wear dresses and that's all funny and stuff. And I tried it on and it actually felt really good. And I was a bit afraid buying it because a lot of the time I'll buy a dress and then I'll just never wear it. But I wore it on Saturday night. I wore it out for dinner and I felt incredible. I was so excited to wear it. I wore it with so much confidence and it's just, yeah, it's really nice. Like, you know, Pete was all like, oh, you look so beautiful. Like compliments and stuff like that. Oh my God, guys, I always, <laughs> I feel like I'm just a giddy little kid at the moment. Like, oh my God, my boyfriend of almost six years complimented me and I just am giggling. Okay. <laughs> I need to pull it together. Okay. I'm back. I got it together. Let's get into this Q and A now. And I'm going to start with a question that might feel like a silly question, but is also so important to think about when it actually comes to your health. So question one is how many times a day should you poop? And the answer to that is at least one healthy is one to three times per day. If you are not pooping at least once a day, that means that your fiber is not high enough. So fiber is things, um, fiber is going to come from your fruits, your vegetables, and your grains. So things like bread, um, pasta sometimes has um, a really good amount of fiber in it. But essentially, like if you're needing more fiber, fruits and vegetables is going to be your place to go to find them. Other factors that can influence your bowel movements include how much water you're drinking and also your stress levels. But in saying this, I if, if you are somebody who your whole life has consistently pooped every other day and you know that you eat enough fiber, then that is your normal. I do not want you going, you going away and stressing because you don't poop enough. However, 
for a lot of us, our diets are quite low in fiber. And if you do increase that, I'm sure you will see that you are pooping a little bit more often. I have so many clients when we start work, walk, working together, sorry, um, you know, celebrating that they're actually pooping once a day or twice a day. But you'll probably notice that there are, you know, trends and consistencies with how your bowels move and when you're going to poop. Next question is just running tips question mark um okay running tips is literally just start (laughs) just start because if you are always waiting for your fitness to get better for your stamina to improve um if you're waiting for the right weather if you're waiting for your friend to be ready for to go for a run for you you're going to be waiting forever there is no right or wrong time to start something new go for a walk and run the last block home, you know, or go for a walk and pick a tree and run to that. You can run literally 30 meters and you get to celebrate that you went for a motherfucking run. Because if you've never gone for a 30 meter run before, then that's huge. And I think allowing yourself to celebrate those little moments instead of constantly comparing yourself to everybody else is so is so major when it comes to building confidence in doing something new. So, you know, you've got to try new things. Even if you don't think you're a runner, you don't think you're going to like it, i.e. me my entire life, I still think that it's so valuable to try. And this is what has been so incredible within my community over the past couple months is that so many people who, you know, would turn their nose up to running have stepped out of their comfort zone and they've tried it because they've seen the impact that it's had on my life or on other, you know, clients' lives. And yes, it is trending on social media, but I think it's a great trend. Like, you know, we can't say running is a bad thing to be trending on social media right now. Um, my other tip would to be would be to um, run slowly, like run what you think is slow and then run slower again, because running slowly, that's actually how you're going to build up your endurance and your cardio respiratory stamina. And it's also going to be able to give you the confidence, because if you are sprinting out the gate every single time you go for a run, you're going to become so exhausted so quickly. And then it's going to be this narrative and this repeating, you know, voice in your head going, see your shit at this. You can't do this. This is too hard. Whereas like go for a run at a pace that is easy. Choose a pace where you could even have a conversation with somebody. And again, that's not going to potentially, you know, be the case for everybody as soon as you start running, because no matter how slow you run, you actually might find that you are struggling, you know, to breathe and your heart rate increases. And that isn't a bad thing either. I think when it comes to starting running and having running tips for you guys, it is just to accept however you feel, you know, don't have an expectation. I think that's going to be a major one. And then another tip would be to buy good running shoes that absolutely changed the game for me. When I first started my hundred days of running, um, I was running with these three year old Nike Pegasus and they were absolutely destroyed down to the bone. They had little holes in the toes. Like guys, buy some good running shoes. Go get yourself fitted at athlete's foot or at a running shop and buy some running shoes. And then my last tip for running is obviously come to the SNS Run Club this Sunday. 
Sunday 29th at Golden Beach Wurrum Park or head over to the Instagram for my brand new run club. So the Instagram handle is ss.runclub. All the details are going to be on there. Um, Make sure you follow it so you never miss an update. But we will be having run club majority of Sundays unless like I'm not available. Um, But you guys will get all that notice in advance on Instagram. Um, but that's my last tip. Come to S&S Run Club. You're going to feel so supported. We are a community of people who are new to running, who just want to have fun. And then we'll get some pastries or a coffee afterwards. And it's just going to be such a good place to make and meet new people, make new friends. Oh my God. I am just over the freaking moon that I have a fucking run club, guys. And so many of you are excited for it, which is also just blows my mind. Next question. So what do friendships look like to you? How much time and space do you give them? Excuse me. I navigate all of my friendships differently. And I think that's because a friendship with a different person is going to be unique to that individual. So if I'm going to talk about um, friendships. So let's talk about my best friend, Sophie. Sophie getting all the shout outs. Um, so for her and I, we talk every single day. We, we are Snapchatting. We are texting. We are talking every single day. We will most likely see each other maybe once a week, maybe once every two weeks. Um, and then other times we're seeing each other heaps, but we are in a constant state. Ow, I just hit my knee. Um, But we are in a constant state of communication and I freaking love that. Like it makes me feel connected to her, even if we haven't seen each other for a while, even if we're both really busy with work and our schedules just aren't lining up because her shifts constantly change. Um, So that, that is how that friendship kind of looks like in terms of communication and seeing each other. I think as well, like if I'm having a serious problem, I know that I can always go to Sophie straight away. I think with my other friendships, when I think about like the people um, that, you know, Pete and I hang out with that, that, that friendship, how do I explain this? I've never had a friendship group like the one that I'm currently in. There is so much depth and openness and honesty. Um, And that's because all six of us cultivate that. All six of us play a role in having that type of friendship where it's not just, oh, hey, how are you going? And it's that surface level. It's not just everyone has to be drunk to be able to have a a deep conversation. And I think that's an active choice that you and your friends need to make. And I actually saw a TikTok recently from this girl who wasn't Australian, but has been living in Australia for a couple of years. And she was saying how disconnected she feels from people and how difficult she finds it to make meaningful and deeper conversations. Because where she was from, I can't remember where, they just naturally will have deep and honest conversations and you know things about one another whereas in Australia of course there's going to be friendship groups who do this but in Australia the most common thing is to actually just like be quite private and in all honesty I find that level of privacy so fucking boring um probably why I have a podcast where I can literally just ramble on about all my deepest feelings um but I find that type of privacy so boring and I really do think that one of the reasons 
I have found a friendship group like the one that I'm a part of is because when I met these people, when we, when we started to build the relationships that we have now, I would constantly reiterate that I value connection, that I value deep connection. And I would literally use that language. I wasn't afraid because it was either they're going to receive it and they're going to want to be like, they're going to vibe with it and they're going to want to have that type of relationship with me or they're not. And we can have fun and that'll be fine. And I know that they're not my deep and meaningful people and that I'm still looking for that, that friendship, you know, because that's what I knew that I wanted. And I would even say like, we, the six of us have been quite good friends for about a year-ish, maybe even less than a year. Um, and I would say that every single time I hang out with them, that connection grows. And I think it's being really open to having your friendships continuously change and grow and not forcing it to tackle certain topics, almost letting them come about naturally. So how much time do I spend with my friends? Um, a fair bit. (laughs) So we play soccer together. Um, at least once a week at the moment we are playing a mixed a mixed team so we'll just see each other on a friday night but then generally we are spending weekends if not the entire weekend we are at least seeing our friends at least once majority of weekends it's pretty uncommon that we're not seeing them um and then during the actual soccer season, we would have like soccer training on a Tuesday and the soccer on a Friday night. So we are, are at least seeing our friends twice a week for those commitments. And then we all hang out outside of that as well, constantly, which is just a vibe. And I actually just can't not smile when thinking about my friends. <laughs> I really hope that answered the question. Um, I, I always, I have so much to say on friendships and relationships because it's been such a journey for me, but I also feel like unless I'm having a conversation with somebody and they're asking me like continuous questions about that topic, I kind of struggle to really pinpoint like maybe what you're wanting to know. Um, so if anyone wants to put their hand up and come on the podcast with me and just talk about relationships and friendships like let's fucking do it I'm here for it the next question I love and it is how do you feel about being a year older so almost a month ago I turned 26 on the 28th of September Libra girl um which I'm just obsessed with being Libra (laughs) um but I actually feel really good and comfortable with being a year older. Sometimes I feel like a little bit, not scared, but I feel a little bit out of touch or I'm like, cause I work with girls who were like 18, 19, 20, 21, you know, 22, like very quite young. And the older I get, the more I'm like, wow, 21's actually getting further away from me than it feels like. I look at my clients who are say 20 and I'm like, oh, we are so close in age, but like, bitch, I'm 26 now, um, which is so weird to say as well. I think other than it just feeling strange to be like, I'm 26, I do feel really, really comfortable and happy and actually love being a year older, not just this year, but every single year of my life, I really feel that I've loved being a year older because The evidence shows that every single year my life gets better. Every single year I learn more about myself. Every single year I feel more confident, more self-assured. 
I have achieved so much and I know I'm still going to achieve so much. So I really focus on not letting age scare me. And I also think this is where social media can be so incredible is that social media is showing me that aging is not scary. Like I see women who are, you know, in their 60s and they're going, this is the best fucking decade of my life. You know, they're going, I didn't know who I was until I was 62. And I just, I just think it's so amazing and it's so beautiful. And personally, I'm actually really, really excited to continue to grow up and to age and to continue to find out who I am. I also think for me, I'm pretty sure I've said on this podcast before, but I don't want children. So while have the idea of having children will excite a lot of people and they'll be excited to grow up so that they can have kids, I'm really excited to grow up and to see where my life takes me not having children. I think the idea of not having children it's given me a lot of freedom and I don't want anybody to take what I'm saying right now the wrong way. This is purely about me, about my life. I don't care if you want kids or if you don't want kids, that's everybody's personal decision. But I think knowing that I don't want them, there's so much unknown versus I feel like for me, if I did know that I wanted kids, and, and when I thought I wanted kids, my life felt so mapped out and it felt so planned. And that, again, is going to be amazing for some people. But for me, it was really, really scary. And it was really all consuming, obviously, because like in the end, I, I actually don't want kids. So it makes sense that the thought of having children was, you know, swallowing me up. But yeah, so having that knowledge within myself, I just think my life like it's yeah there's so many unknowns I'm like what am I going to do what am I going to achieve where am I going to end up it's so fucking exciting and that can only happen with aging aging actually gives you so much and who is it really benefiting how is it benefiting you to constantly want to be younger like you're going to age everyone's going to die these are just the realities so you may as well be happy and comfortable with it happening okay next question what made you realize bodybuilding was not a lifestyle you can maintain? Oh my God, so many things. I think number one, just in general, like bodybuilding is not a lifestyle you can maintain. And this is something that I knew doing it. This is something that I would constantly say to myself, but I think there's, ah. Uh, I just think there's so many different aspects to bodybuilding there's obviously the bodybuilding where you are competing and that really is so all-consuming and then there is like what I would call the lifestyle bodybuilder the person who makes gym their entire life but they don't compete um they maybe have a little bit more freedom but they're still probably uh you know meal prepping tracking their food in a deficit or a build, doing something particular when it comes to nutrition, really. Um, and, you know, they don't miss sessions, right? So, and I don't want to say that either is bad, but neither, I personally do not feel like either of those molds are beneficial to me for my physical health or my mental health. And I think with bodybuilding, what really like, what my big realization was is that, yeah, this takes up 
so much time of my life. And it's not just the hours that I'm in the gym doing my weights workout, doing my cardio and spending like three, four hours in the gym, right? It's not just that. It's not just the time that I'm spending meal prepping. It's the time that I'm thinking about bodybuilding. It's the constant no's you have to say to your friends and to your family and to your partner and to yourself of things you quote unquote can't do. Um, It's the constant picking apart of your body, checking if your abs are coming through, checking if you've got less body fat on your stomach, getting on the scale, you know, every single day, if not multiple times a day, because it's so easy to become that obsessed. I just, it's quite difficult to articulate, but I know that I wanted something more for myself. And I actually had never really known what quote unquote health or balance was before before bodybuilding and I'm not saying bodybuilding was health or balance I I've discovered what that is post bodybuilding but I never had a phase where I knew what that was I had always had an eating disorder or disordered eating or I was binge eating or I was binge drinking I wasn't focusing on my health or I'd cut out carbs for a six-week challenge or something like that I never actually known what balance and health was and Even in the COVID period where I decided I wanted to do bodybuilding, before that decision, I was trying to force myself to eat 15,000 calories while binge eating every single night. I was walking 30,000 steps majority of days because, yeah, we're in lockdown. I was bored. There's nothing else to do. But I was... I I wouldn't let myself get less than 20,000 steps in a day. And then I was also doing like a half an hour to one hour hit workout in the backyard. And, you know, you look back at that and you're going, I felt healthy, but I obviously fucking wasn't. If you can't go a day without deviating from the plan, I'm sorry, but you're not healthy. You're not balanced. You're not living a free lifestyle. There is such a difference between doing things even when you don't want to because it's going to be good for you. And then doing things when you don't want to because you feel like you have to, because you feel like you're lazy if you don't, because you feel like you've failed if you don't. For me, a really big reason that I stopped bodybuilding was number one, yes, because like I I felt like I'd achieved everything that I actually wanted to achieve. You know, I put on a really good amount of muscle. I proved to myself that I could diet, which is such a weird thing that you need to prove to yourself. Um, and I, I, I built a lot of resilience. I, I gained a lot of skills from bodybuilding, but one of the big reasons why I wanted to stop was because it was hurting my relationship so much. And I love Pete so much. He is my best friend. We've been dating for almost six years and I plan to be with him for the rest of my life. So it was hurting our relationship so much and fucking bless his heart because he put up with a lot during that time. And, you know, I've even asked him since and his response to like me asking like, why did you put up with that, you know, forever? And he, number one was like, well, I was holding on to the hope that you wouldn't want to keep doing it, that you'd do one competition and and you wouldn't want to keep doing it. And 
Number two, he's like, you wanted to do it so badly. So I thought if I could just suck it up and get through it, then we would be fine, you know? And he's such a resilient person. I respect and just appreciate him so much for that. But that was one of the really big reasons. I also just felt like I didn't know what my life was anymore. I didn't know who I was anymore. Um, I felt so lost in the constant uh, competition with myself and the competition that was with other people. I also didn't feel very supported from my coach. And I think that played a big role in not wanting to continue. Um, is that, yeah, I didn't feel very supported from my coach. And I also thought this isn't what coaching is about. Like I coached in such, even back then I coached in such a different style to the way that she coached. And I was, I felt like such a hypocrite because I was telling my clients like, you know, all these things about loving yourself and body positivity and freedom and balance. And yeah, you can go out on the weekends and have a drink. And then I wasn't doing any of those. And I was using words like I can't. It wasn't even like, oh, no, I don't want to. Or it wasn't even as soft as, oh, I shouldn't. It was I can't. And I just don't believe that you can never not, (laughs) you know. So I hope that answered your question. I like I said, I find it's kind of hard to articulate sometimes. Um, But I do love talking about that time because I do think I've learned so much. And I think it can transition to you guys almost taking some advice for your own journeys. I know probably none of you are bodybuilding, um, but I think just applying it to your own journey with your body and your mind. uh, Yeah, I I hope that it helps you to hear these, these stories and what my life used to be. It's so funny. I was having a conversation with a client the other day and she's like, I can't believe you bodybuild or like you did bodybuilding. And I just, I forget that there's people in my community who either weren't following me back then or have just never seen me talk about that part of my life. Cause I feel like even last year, I used to talk about it a lot more, but this year I've really, I, I've backed off. I don't talk about it nearly as much as I do. So it's so interesting that, yeah, there are so many people here that don't know that part of me. And then the last question that I want to tackle for today's Q and A is what propelled your healing journey? You looked insanely fit they're talking about like when I was bodybuilding, but now you're fit and happy. I'm trying to be like UGF. Oh my God, you're so sweet. Thank you so much. Um, When I read this question, it, it makes it so interesting because like, again, going off the looks and I absolutely like it's so, you looked so fit, you know, and I'm thinking back to when I was like at the lowest weight when I was bodybuilding and Lots of people like, wow, you look fit, da 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 And it's like, yeah, but I wasn't that strong, you know, and I couldn't really do much cardio other than my one hour on the Stairmaster. Like, there's, there's fitness, but then, like, I think about how fit I am now, and I'm like, you know, fit has become this look of being shredded and being shredded and being fit actually don't hold hands for the majority of people. I think it's actually a little bit easier sometimes to get that shredded fit look without actually being fit. Um, and, and like I said, it's so easy for people to look at those old photos and go like, wow, she must have been happy. Wow, she must have been fit. Wow, da 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 But yeah, actually like 
now I'm however many kilos heavier and 10 times happier. So what propelled me into the healing journey? It, it was bodybuilding, but it wasn't straight after bodybuilding. So I, my show got canceled. I think it was like July or August in 2021. I managed to only put on about two or three kilos from finishing bodybuilding till like Christmas time that year. After Christmas, um, basically is when things turned quite south. I could no longer maintain what I was doing. Um, I had started with my coach at this point. I actually, I went coachless for a couple months and then I um, started working with Ruby, who is still my coach now. And my, my goal then was just like maintain and stay small. That's all I wanted. Um, but I also wanted to explore strength and we started deadlifting and squatting and doing all these different things, which was really fun. And I really enjoyed that at the time. But after that Christmas period, when 2022 began, I really started binge eating again. Um, my diet had not been that healthy. Um, it had gotten, but it had gotten better since my bodybuilding days, but it still wasn't very balanced. Um, I was eating, you know, I was eating baked oats with a lot of added, you know, chocolates and dips, not dips, freaking spreads and stuff like that. Um, again, not bad things, but this was like really the heightened era of like baked oats. And the whole time I was bodybuilding, that's all I wanted to eat. So as soon as I stopped, that's, that became a hyperfixation food. Um, can't freaking look at an oat anymore, guys. I can confirm. <laughs> um, but yeah, when Christmas kind of finished and all that, you know, silly season ended, that's where I really got into quite a binge eating phase. And I stayed there for quite some time. I think for me, I'm not saying the binge eating was good, but it was definitely a part of my healing journey. I needed to get all these cravings out of my system. And that's what it was. It was allowing myself to eat whatever the fuck I wanted in whatever, in whatever capacity that I wanted to. Um, and that wasn't the intention. So Ruby and I had had a conversation that in 2022, I think, yeah, maybe around like February or March where we were like, cool, I'm not going to diet anymore. I'm, I was so exhausted of constantly trying to diet and I just wanted to see what life would be like without it. I wanted to, I decided that I wanted to try and actually like myself. I wanted to try and love my body and just focus on building strength. So we went into that with the intention of me, you know, continuing to have a really good and balanced diet. That didn't happen. And I honestly kept my binge eating under the radar from Ruby. I, 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 if I'm going to be honest with you guys, I was not honest with her. And I do not recommend this with any of my clients. Like I want my clients to tell me when they're binge eating. I want my clients to tell me what their diets actually look like. Not so I can come in and fix them, but so they don't feel as alone. Because I felt obviously very, very ashamed with what I was doing and with what my diet looked like. And of course, like I did gain weight. It, you look at the photos and you're not going to say, oh my God, she, she looked bad. But you know, I felt pretty uncomfortable. But I, I promised myself that I would spend that year feeling uncomfortable. And that was my reality. And that was actually what has made me feel so confident now is that I learned to like myself 
in a state where it would be so easy to dislike how I looked or who I was or what I was doing. So when it kind of got to the end of 2022, I think it was maybe like September, October, November or something around there. I decided like, okay, yep, I think I'm ready now to clean up my fucking act and try and lose a couple kilos, which I started off by tracking my food again. And I think I lasted tracking my food for about two or three weeks. And then I was like, no, fuck this. I don't want to track my food. I actually, this feels icky. I hate this. So I was like, Ruby and I had the conversation and I was like, yep, I want to continue trying to lose a couple kilos, but I want to do it without tracking. And that's exactly what I did. I focused on moving my body. I focused on eating better, more balanced meals with more fruit and veg in my diet. And the inflammation went away. I did drop a couple kilos. I began to feel really extra confident and happy and comfortable in my body. And I think ever since then, this whole, like, so now we're coming into like 2023, this whole year again has just been about me continuing to solidify the the skills and the mindsets that I learned during that time. It is a forever journey. It is forever, forever, forever changing. And you know what? My weight has fluctuated throughout this year as well. I think it is so natural and normal for your weight to fluctuate. I'm not talking about like fluctuate dramatically, but I'm talking about a couple kilos throughout the months, throughout the seasons. That is so normal. And being able to embrace and accept that is a fucking gift. It is such a gift. So absolutely. Like for a lot of my clients, I don't tell them like, okay, cool. We need to not diet, but it is definitely an approach that I do take is that we need to focus less on changing how you look And we need to focus more on changing how you talk to yourself, on how you show up for yourself every single day of the actions and the behaviors and the decisions that you make for yourself today, for you tomorrow. That is what I focus on in my coaching. I want your body to change as a motherfucking byproduct of you feeling happy, confident, supported, and incredible every single day because it is the happiest and the funnest and the most fulfilling way to create change in your life, in your body, in your mindset is for things to happen as a byproduct. When you are waking up every single day going, okay, how can I change my body today? Okay, what do I need to do today so my body can look different tomorrow? It is fucking exhausting. So if you're trying to be like me, that is exactly the advice that I would give you is that stop hyperfixating on actually changing your body and start focusing on the things that make you feel amazing and things that you know in the long term, yeah, will make your body change, i.e. Cha- changing up your diet, eating more fruit and veg, um, you know, being more active, going for that afternoon walk instead of just plonking down on the couch every single day of the week, doing those, drinking more water, getting better sleep, doing those little things, focus on them. Because that's what's going to make you feel like a more successful, happier person. And in the long run, yeah, your body will change. It it just will. It's how how it works. So I'm going to ask you right now, 
what will it take to propel your healing journey? What is it going to take for you to go, yeah, enough is enough. is enough. I'm so fucking sick of diet culture. I'm so sick of the fitness industry. I'm so sick of feeling unmotivated and not confident and like I'm not good enough constantly. Because I think for everybody, there's a tipping point. And that tipping point isn't just one day or one moment. It is an accumulation of efforts and trying and picking yourself back up and highs and lows. But there does need to be a moment, not a singular moment, but there needs to be a moment where you go, yeah, enough's enough. I'm over this. I want my life to look different. I want to feel different. So when when are you going to hit the tipping point? What is the tipping point? And guys, if you've hit that tipping point and you aren't sure where to go next, you aren't sure how to navigate your um, healing journey, you feel alone and isolated and you feel like diet culture is just going to suck you back in or fitness culture is just going to suck you back in, hit me up because I... This is what I do. This is how I coach. I will take you through that healing journey. I will show you and teach you and guide you into the most confident era of your life while feeling strong in the gym or, you know, practicing running or going for your afternoon walk. We will, you know, clean up your diet in a way that makes you feel happy, in a way that makes you feel not restricted. But yeah, hit me up for some coaching because literally this is what I do with my clients. I make them feel less alone. I make them feel seen. I make them feel supported. But thank you so much for listening to this episode. I am so freaking hungry myself. So I'm going to go and eat a yummy, yummy lunch. Um, If you don't already, guys, don't forget to hit the follow button on this podcast. the The more followers, the more people I can reach. And if you enjoy this episode, share it to your Instagram stories. Send me a message if you have more questions or if you have any questions about anything that I spoke about today, you guys know I'm an open book. And if you're feeling extra generous, if you've got a couple extra minutes or not even minutes, seconds on your hands, go and give us a rate or a review on Apple podcast or Spotify. I would just love you forever, but I already do. I already love you forever. So I hope you have the most incredible day. Thank you so much. And I will catch you guys on the next episode of the most delicious life podcast. Bye. Bye.